We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Welcome to the putback on SNY.TV. I'm Ian Begley, SNY's NBA insider, and we're going to be talking Knicks heat and all the elements surrounding this series for the next half hour. So I have two great guests with me to break it all down. I've got the venerable Steve Popper, Nick's beat, excuse me, Nick's beat writer from Newsday, um, been around the team all year. And I have the venerable CP, the franchise, Nick Fan TV, built an empire on his own, day one, started it himself. Just remarkable. You guys know who he is. So we have... SP and CP, and we're going to break it all down now, starting with what we all saw last night at Madison Square Garden, game two. Steve, what was your biggest takeaway from what you saw last night that you can kind of spin forward to games three and four in South Beach? I think a massive sigh of relief for the Knicks. Um, look, to face um, the Heat without Jimmy Butler in game two, um, look, you look at the team that they put out there. Look, I, I know, I know Spolstra, I know Riley. They they do a great job of developing players, finding guys. But you've got three guys starting who are undrafted free agents, um, and, and just you know, with the Knicks back at full strength, with Randall in there looking good, Brunson in there, you know, after a slow start looking good, um, they really had to claw for this one and and really survive the final minutes um, after trailing much of the, the second half. Uh, I think it's just a sigh of relief that, that they come out of this somehow 1-1 and basically can regroup now for three days off. CP, what about you, man? What did you see last night that you're thinking about moving forward here as we get to three and four? I agree with Steve. Definitely a sigh of relief, man, because they were minutes of, away from going 0-2 in what would have been an embarrassing loss in the playoffs, man. And I'm not sure they could have they could recover from that one. So uh, it, it was a great job. It was great to see Julius Randle getting back to his old self, playmaking well, scoring well, especially when Jalen Brunson didn't have it in, this, in, this, in the first half. Uh, good to see the three-point shooting get back on track. Big thanks to Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett on, on that front. And look, in the, in the final couple of minutes, you, you went to your guy, you went to a number number 11, 
to bail you out in the clutch, which is what they've done all year with Jalen Brunson, and he was able to do so. So, uh, like I said, man, it wasn't pretty, but it was gritty, and they got the job done. A little poetry on the yeah. footback. Thank you, CP. <laughs> yeah. I think, too, like, R.J. Barrett, another really strong start, right? Yeah. Like it's, and now we're, we are, what, five games in a row here? where He's played really well uh, early on in games and, for the most part, throughout games. You know, he had a tough fourth quarter game one. He didn't play much. Uh, he was pulled from the lineup late in this one. Um, game two, Tom Thibodeau going with defender, uh, different defenders, and that obviously worked out because the Knicks are going to win. But R.J. Barrett, just the decision-making and the straight-line drives and also finding shooters when he does get into the middle, get into the paint. I think he's done a really fantastic job. He was at it again game two. But that's a little strange because the Knicks win a game where there's no Jimmy Butler. They struggle to do it, and healthy Jimmy Butler beat them in game one. So I'm just like, who has the momentum right now in this series? It's it's not obvious, like, in a normal series, it would be the Knicks because they won one um, and they're the better team. But, Steve, where do you think the momentum lies right now uh, heading into Saturday's Game 3? Look, I, I think the Knicks, uh, as you say, you would think would have the momentum off that game too. But I think they have to be wondering, you know, what did we almost like, you know, as CP said, you know, if this goes 0-2 and you're heading down to Miami, your season is over. You know, you, you're not coming back from that. I, I think I think that you mentioned something that I, I think – Numbers aside, guys seem to be um, starting to play the right way. You, you figure these shots are going to fall. It's not just RJ. Julius Randle came in, drew double teams right from the start, uh, and made the right pass almost every time, just kind of kicking out to open shooters. Um, the shots will fall, and if they don't, it'll open things up for him. Uh, you know, I, I think the team, you kind of haven't seen the result yet, the results yet, but I think they're playing the right way, the way Thibodeau wants them to play. Um, I, I think to me, you know, what, what you take out of this is they come out one, one, basically you're starting this over again. And I, and I, and I think, I think what you're seeing them play the right way, uh, that you got, you got to kind of feel that they, these things are going to eventually catch on like we thought they would yesterday. Like I thought this was going to be a, a blowout for the Knicks yesterday without Butler. Uh, I feel like their best games are ahead of them. CP, CP, how do you see it in terms of momentum going to Miami now? It's certainly hard to say because after game one, when they lost that game to the Heat, uh, you felt like they, they left so much on the table that that they needed to clean up. And then in game two, they let this Heat team, you know, just fire away with house money from three and they almost lost the game. So it's very hard to determine who has the momentum going into game three. We'll see what happens when Jimmy Butler comes back. Obviously with Julius Randle back with the Knicks now and, and looking good in his return, that bodes well for them. You just have to hope that they continue to shoot the three ball well and be able to defend the three ball well because Miami right now, after being one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the regular season, is now the best three-point shooting team in the playoffs. And so the Knicks are going to have to tighten up defensively. Yeah, remarkable. Uh, Just the Heat organization, man, what can you say? Like, they never, I don't know, you can't kill them. They'll always come back and find a way to have success. And here they are thriving without Jimmy Butler for last night and, you know, without a couple of rotation players overall in the postseason. Just remarkable. But you talk about injuries, CP. I think that's where this thing hinges, right? It's it's the health of Jalen Brunson's ankle. It's the health of Julius's Randall, Julius Randle's ankle. It's the health of Jimmy Butler's ankle. Now, I, I think that I, the Heat just said, listen, we're going to get out of here with a split at worst. We've got a few days between game two and game three. 
let's not push Jimmy. Let's make sure he's right for game three. That would be my assumption because I'd heard the morning after game one, like Butler woke up feeling you know, better than he would have expected. And that's the big thing with the ankle is how do you, how you feel the morning after and then how you get through a workout? How do you feel after that? So I'm just wondering maybe Jimmy, not that he could have gone, but I think the Heat were more conservative there and just looking ahead to game three. So I would assume Butler is is in good shape for Saturday. That's going to present a problem for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, you know, he found his rhythm in the second half. And credit to him. But I, I just wonder how much that sore ankles, what they're calling it, impacted him uh, last night and impacted him late in game one. Because it was, you know, he looked okay in game one, but then he said, um, the pain just got worse, got worse and worse between games one and two. He obviously got out there and played well game two, but just something to keep an eye on. I would say in general, though, when you're talking about Nick injuries, this Nick medical staff has done a pretty good job, in my opinion. You go all the way back to Quentin Grimes' injury in the preseason. <clears throat> they held him out, held him out, held him out. He got back on the floor. He was effective. They've gotten Brunson back on the floor. They've gotten Randall back on the floor. So strong job so far, I think, by the training staff. And, Clearly, uh, they need to continue that as we head on to Miami. When you guys look at Brunson, and Steve, I'll start with you. What did you make of what you saw from him last night? And what do you think he kind of figured out along the way? Well, I, I, I still don't think he's himself. Some of the, the normal penetration you see and, and the moves in the, in the paint. Look, he hit six three-pointers yesterday, so he got 30 points. But he wasn't getting to the free throw line like he normally does. He, he wasn't making the moves. Um, and, and kicking out, out of the lane like he normally does. I think two assists in the game. Um, the, you know, it, it's not um, his whole self, but I think we saw you know, Jalen Brunson is going to tough it out. Julius Randle is going to tough it out. Jimmy Butler, we think in game three, is going to tough it out. I, I think one thing when we talk about this, this rest, it, it's not just the three ankles that we're worried about. Um, the heat you saw in game two, uh, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, were not the same players they were in game one on a quick turnaround. You got to you got to figure back in game three, well rested. You're going to get a better effort from those guys too. So the Knicks have to be ready for that. The CP, how about you? What yeah. do you make of Brunson? Yeah, he he certainly didn't see himself to close out one. And I was watching him intently in game two to see how he would be moving on that ankle. Looked like he even tweaked it again in the second quarter when when he went down for a little bit. And then on the other side of the ball, the Heat were running him off of screens relentlessly, especially in the first half. And so he seemed a little bit slow there, slow to keep up. But in the second half, he just got to his spots. 13 points in the third quarter, 10 in the fourth, including some clutch buckets in crunch time. He just got to his spots and executed. I mean, some incredible shooting, a fadeaway mid-range jumper, step-back threes. I thought the Knicks did, did a good job of using him off of the ball as a catch-and-shoot shooter, especially in the fourth quarter as well. And so they did a good job in, in mixing that up. But it just seems like at this point in time and this point of the year, it seems like everybody's a little bit banged up. You even saw Mitchell Robinson walking around Gimpy. So it, it's going to be a survival of the fittest, and, and the endurance is going to uh, be a big factor in the series. Hey, everyone. Alex here. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you're trying to buy a ticket to an event and it was just a hassle? You know, trying to find them at the last minute hunting down the best price, competing with other buyers for that popular event you're trying to attend. For me, it was buying Knicks tickets not too long ago. As you know, I'm out here in Boston, and when the Knicks were in town, it was just a pain in the butt to get some tickets. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be that stressful. So download the app GameTime or go to GameTime.co. 
Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. If you're in the New York area right now and you're a sports fan, there's a couple things that you may want to check out. You know, the Giants are in town facing the Yankees, so maybe you want to head over to Yankee Stadium. If you're a Knicks fan like me, the Wizards are going to be in town, so maybe you want to go over to MSG and rock your orange and blue. Or maybe you're a Mets fan. You got the home opener next week. The Miami Marlins will be in town. So why not check that out? Either way, make sure to use the GameTime app because it's simple and easy to use. Also, they got flash deals and you can always find tickets at the last minute. And if you're like me, you want to know where you're sitting and what your seats look like. And they always give you images of the seats and the views. GameTime is the place for the last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app or go to GameTime.co create an account, and use the code KFTV for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code KFTV for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. And I was impressed with Julius Randle, the way he was able to move around. You know, sprinting that left ankle for a second time late in the Cleveland series and then coming back and playing the way he did in game two. Um, and to me, you look at him over the past few games and he's really distributed the ball well, particularly to Knicks players beyond the arc. He found people early on in game two, and I think that was pivotal. I think he ended up with eight assists, 25 points, 12 rebounds. So coming back off that sprained ankle and producing like that, <clears throat> his play, particularly in the first half along with R.J. Barrett, was key with Jalen Brunson. Uh, not being himself, not kind of working his way back there in the first half. So, you know, a lot of people wanted to kind of dismiss Julius Randle or talk about how uh, the Knicks might be better without him. I mean, how much more evidence do you need than last night than what you've seen so far that this Knicks team is better with Julius Randle, with an effective, healthy Julius Randle? I mean, Knicks coaches came into this series even before we knew about Randle's status for game one, and I was told that they had said, Randall's going to be crucial for their success against the Miami Heat this series. And that's proved true. You know, lost game one without Julius. Win game one with Julius. It's a little simplistic. It's a little reductive. But Julius just brings a different element to this Nick team. And I think, you know, Nick fans, at least, you know, the ones that are anti-Julius after game two, you have to come off that a little bit. Anyway, getting off my soapbox. But CP, <laughs> Josh Hart fourth quarter I mean what did you make of him he seemed to be soaking in the moment incredible four rebounds in that fourth quarter two big corner three-point makes in that fourth quarter he was electric and he's a guy that does the dirty work for this Knicks team and they needed it because I felt like they were the aggressors in that fourth quarter they tightened up on defense they closed out a little bit better in the heat three-point shooters and then Hart just doing the extra dirty work getting the rebounds that he needed to and, and getting those two corner threes, it was big. And then even if you take it back to the third quarter, I thought they did a good job of utilizing Hart as a playmaker. 
to have him put the ball on the floor because he has not had the efficiency and the confidence in his three-point shot. The Heat have been leaving him wide open on those threes. And so I thought it was a good adjustment for the Knicks to have him moving around both with the ball and without to get the offense in some more of a rhythm. And so I thought he was dynamic last night in the fourth quarter and a big part of why they won that game. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't question Thibodeau often. And I was wondering during the game if maybe this was a game where you go with Grimes instead of him because they're playing so much zone. He's a better outside shooter. You don't have to worry about uh, Hart being on Jimmy Butler last night. Uh, but I, I, it's funny. Sometimes things you see at the game at halftime, uh, when he's warming up, I see Hart from one spot kind of near the top of the key. He's just taking his time and missed six straight three-pointers. And uh, he got the ball in that spot in the game. And I'm like, this is going to be a disaster. He faked, he drove, he got the foul and the layup. And that, you know, but that's the one where he's pumping and, you know, is flexing his arm. I think that kind of got him going. And then he hit those corner threes. But, but the thing with him is not the corner threes or not the drives. It's the energy. Uh, you know, I think what we saw from him last night, uh, they needed it because you're playing a team that is like, you know, a playground team that was just again for the second straight game. And, and what he gave and Isaiah Hart and Stein gave is, is really what they needed uh, more than skill on this night. They needed somebody to just take over, out-hustle, offensive boards, uh, defense, just loose balls. And, and that's what Hart gives you. Yeah, he gave – Hardenstein and Hart had a combined four offensive boards in the fourth quarter. I don't think Miami had any. Have success with them. And they're able to, to hold on from there. But we're going to go now to Matt Spenley, SNY social media guru, formerly of the Knicks. Well, Matt was in the building last night, right, Matt? I was in the building. I was there with my dad. We had a great time. You know, it was a bit of an anxious energy until we got into that yeah. fourth quarter and they started to take the lead. You could kind of sense the crowd was waiting for the moment to be able to take off. And once they got there, Hart, Hartenstein with the offensive rebounds, Brunson with the big shots, the crowd was ready to go. Um, to continue on the Josh Hart topic, uh, NYFG78 is in the comments asking, do you think that Hart should come off the bench and help the second unit start Grimes again? I feel like we have these discussions about the starting lineup. What matters is how they close. But just in general, you know, I thought Steve's point too about Hart, I think more so than the Cavs. Also, the Heat have been kind of ignoring some of these guys, the Hearts and, and the Ovies to try to, to funnel some of those shots into those threes. That Hart three in the corner is probably a shot they're okay with giving up. So just um, just generally. How do you think that the Knicks should approach the rotations? Does the starting lineup even really, really matter too much? Steve, I'm going to you with that one. What do you think? Well, I think, I think again, I, I don't question the lunch, but I think it's going to change game three. I think, I think Jimmy will be back and Jimmy will be strong. And I, I think uh, Tom, what he's shown in the playoffs is he wants to match minutes, his best defenders on their best players. It's going to be uh, when Jimmy's in the game, Hart is going to be in the game. So if that means starting, he's going to start, I think, because – they, they just want to keep him under control. Of, you know, they don't want a 56-point game. I think they can live with a 25-point Jimmy Butler uh, if you don't have to, you know, give up too much on the open shots. Um, but I, but I, think, I think as much as Grimes has shown and offensively might be a better, a better fit than Hart, I, I think defense is the first thing here in the playoffs, and that's, that means Hart. CP, what about you? Yeah, I think having, have, having had Hart start, in the first two games, I think Tibbs will, will go that way, expecting Jimmy Butler to play in game three, trying to match Butler, Hart with Butler, uh, the more physical player. And will how much of an impact will that have on the Knicks bench? We'll have to see. For the, for two games now in this series, they've been outscored 
uh, by the Heat off the bench. We know that heart is going to close regardless of if he starts or not. I just think for the Knicks, they just have to be careful in how they they are um, executing offensively, especially with Hart out there if his three-point shooting is not falling. As I said, what I liked in the second qu- in the second half of this game was that he was moving with the ball, moving without the ball to help keep the offense in rhythm. And that wasn't so much the case in the first half of this game and also in game one. He was a bit more stationary in the corner, and the Heat were able to take advantage of that by clogging the paint. And one thing in general with Thibodeau, it seemed like you could set your watch to his substitution patterns and his rotations if everybody was healthy during the regular season. But he's mixed things up, not only with the lineups, but with the rotations and fourth quarter substitutions regularly in the postseason. And it seems to me like more often than not, he's pushed the right button. So it's interesting to see it's almost a different approach for him in the playoffs here. He's more liberal with switching things up, not as wedded to uh, the formula that we saw regularly regular season. So I think that's just interesting to note as we go forward because the coaches battle is a, a chess match and an important one, Eric Spolstra. Tom Thibodeau, but let's move to the Nick bench. Talking about Emmanuel quickly, he had a couple of shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought it really helped the Knicks, and then he got pulled, and then Thibodeau went with a different lineup. But with quickly, I mean, CP, are you surprised with what you're seeing right now? What, what are you thinking? When you look at quickly. Yeah, and and when you talk about Tom Thibodeau not being afraid to make his adjustments and make some uh, wiggles in the rotation, how about nine minutes for Emmanuel quickly? in a game two must-win game uh, in the playoffs. And so it's a little bit surprising there. I mean, quickly just hasn't had his fastball in the playoffs much at all. I think part of it is maybe he's not confident in his shot. Seems like on some of his drives, a lot of the defenders are beating him to his spots. Not sure if it's a lack of fresh legs. So I think quickly needs a bit of a refresh. I think these days off could help him. Maybe the Knicks need to look at maybe having him move off the ball a little bit more and get him in more catch-and-shoot situations to see if his confidence can can increase in that way and and hopefully you get him going there. But overall, just has been lackluster on the offensive side for quickly. Defensively, I think he's been okay. You know, CP, what I – sorry, sorry, Ian, one, one, one thing on that too. I, I thought was interesting too is to start the fourth. Sometimes we've seen in these games where Thibodeau will give quickly some leash to see if he can get going and then leave him in in the fourth. Brunson was off the bench, you know, 9.30, 10-minute mark, and no matter what, he was going to come back in. So it seemed like quickly just not getting that same trust level uh, from the from tips. So sorry, and go ahead. No, no. And it was after quickly hit a couple shots and Miami packing the paint second half game one. I think it takes away what quickly likes to do with operating that mid range floater game. He got to it early in the fourth. So maybe, maybe he found something different there. Just one note on quickly. I did see a photo uh, of quickly. At the Met Gala, and I was—I thought it was real for a second. I was like, what, "What's going on here?" But quickly was not there. Uh, Chris Personarian from the Knicks Film School, whose twenty-first birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Chris! Happy birthday. He he clarified for me. Quickly was not there. That was a Photoshop. I was surprised because I was like, "I can see him doing this in the off season, but not the middle of a playoff series." But no. Twitter. He was not there. I think some people believed it. I believed it for a second. So just to clarify that, he was not at the Met Gala uh, before game two. Um, Steve, quickly for you, is he? does he look like a different player? I mean, what do you make of it? Well, I think you and I know this from talking to him all season long. He never loses his confidence. Yeah. Um, you, you know, he, he has an 0 for 10 game and you talk to him and he's like, I'm shooting the next one, um, yeah. which I think is what, what a shooter needs. 
Um, and look, he has, he's had hints of it. Game five against Cleveland, uh, he came on and started hitting the threes. And last night, I like what he did because, you know, they were packed in the zone. And rather than settling, he did get the Knicks uh, in the fourth quarter going with a couple of uh, kind of floaters, floaters heading towards the rim, uh, opening things up a little bit. Um, but, but look, I, I think what we've seen here is Thibodeau does not give up a minute in these games. If, if he has to play Randall, Brunson, Hart, 47 minutes, he's shown he'll do that. Um, he's going to go with the guys that, that he thinks give him the best chance every minute. And just as he tells the players, you know, not to, not to let a possession go by, I don't think he does that as a coach. I don't think he's, he's willing to let a guy, you know, float and, and find his way. I think every possession to, to Thibodeau is important, and, and that means, you know, less opportunity for quickly, less opportunity for Obi. Um, they're going to go with their best every minute they can. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One thing I found interesting in the postgame was Isaiah Hartenstein. He was asked about the heat zone, and he said the Knicks felt like they could figure some things out with that zone later in game two, obviously struggling, struggling with it for much of the series, but figuring some things out later in game two where they were able to attack it, able to get open looks. Obviously, Josh Hart hitting from the corner uh, changes the dynamic, but just something to keep an eye on going to game three for the Knicks have more success against that zone. And also the health of Julius Randle. I mean, look, he looked great. He looked like he could uh, move the way he moved all season long. But I just wonder, man, that ankle spraining it for a second time. He said his rehab to get back on the court was hell. He said it was a challenge mentally just to, to do the work. He, he didn't mind it, but it was, it was a grind. So obviously he did a lot to get back. And even after game one, I was told that there was some pessimism about him getting back to game two. So I'm sure he did a lot. And I just wonder, is that ankle going to linger there? And, and what does that mean? I mean, Steve, do you think that ankle's behind Julius? Uh, how do you see? Warm weather, Miami, uh, <laughs> out of the rain. I, I think it's going to be fine. Uh, look, I, look I, I think, you know, it is what it is. I think at this point in the season, uh, you know, all three guys we're talking about with these ankles are not the kind of guys who take games off. So if they can get out there, every one of these guys is going to do it. I, I think so. I, I expect Brunson out there. I expect Julius out there. Some, some people, some trainers say that the second time you sprain it, it's sometimes not as severe as the first one because there's already some stretch or tear in it. Um, you know, if, if you didn't hurt it worse than, than you did the first time, it, it's not going to be a problem. Uh, Look, I, I think they're going to tough it out. I think he looked good yesterday, and I think he did the things he has to do. 
you know, and you were mentioning about the zone. I, I think one of the guys who is a key in that is Randall. He can shoot threes if, if you need him out there. But I think the other thing he does, and he did it last night, he's able to get into the middle of the zone and kind of be the facilitator from there. Uh, and, and when he does that, he, he has to draw attention. Shots are going to open up and guys have to hit those shots. Yeah, on Randall, there's, there's no question they're going to need him to win this series. And so I was surprised to see him play so well last night off of the ankle injury. You hope this extended time off will bode well for him, get him some rest, get him some treatment. But I just love the way that he operated last night, especially when Jalen Brunson didn't have it in the first half. Both Julius Randall and R.J. Barrett were imperative in terms of keeping the Knicks in this game. And I just love the way he was passing out of the double teams. That's one of the things that you always want to look at with Julius Randle because when he's not there, you don't have anybody to draw those double teams. It makes the offense that much harder. And so to see him operating out of the double team, passing well, facilitating eight uh, assists in that game, it was great to see, you know, just hitting his step-back threes, his step-back jumpers. This Knicks offense that's not predicated on a lot of ball movement and off-ball movement, it's, it's Julius Randle isolation and Jalen Brunson isolation. So you're going to need Julius Randle on his A game for the Knicks to have a chance to win this series. Matt Spenley, you got a fan question for us. What's up? Yep. Guys, Efrain Lopez in the comments. You have to mix things up going against Eric Spolstra. So let's just turn this into a conversation about Spolstra Thibodeau. I mean, you guys have spent the last couple of minutes talking about the Heat playing a zone in the playoffs against the Knicks. We've seen them deploy that some against uh, against them in the regular season too, but just, you know, who has the coaching advantage? I mean, Spolstra is one of the, the best coaches of our generation, I feel, and he's going to make adjustments going into game three. So, Ian, let's start with you. What are the biggest possible adjustments for game three, and who do you think has the advantage going forward based on what we've seen so far? Right. Well, you're going to have Jimmy Butler back game three, I would assume, and the assumption would be the Heat would be better, and that's true, but they're going to be different. I mean, Hartenstein, again, after the game was talking about how with Jimmy, they're not going to shoot as many threes. The ball movement is not going to be as lively as it was in game two with Butler back. So it's a different heat team, better heat team. But the Knicks struggled so much with getting out to shooters and slowing down Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin, particularly uh, late third, early fourth. And those guys were knocking down outside shots. So if there's less ball movement, uh, and fewer open threes, maybe that benefits the Knicks in a strange way. Jimmy Butler coming back, but you can't discount what Butler can do uh, both ends of the floor in the postseason. But just stylistically, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how things move forward. But I would say generally, this break benefits the Heat because it gives Butler more time to heal, more time to get back to himself. Steve, what do you think? Who does this break benefit more, Knicks or Heat? Well, I think on that Spolster question, I think I think the, the tough thing is here is they're both great, experienced coaches. Mm-hmm. Super, you know, preparation is is a big thing with both of them, and, and it's a question of do you prepare for the counters of what they do, or do you stick with what you do best? And that's kind of what Thibodeau says: is you know, we are the team that we are. These are how we play, and if we do it right, we're better than your guys. We think we can do what we have to do. Um, I, I think obviously the rest, as I said earlier, between age and injury, I think. I think benefits uh, Miami because just getting Jimmy Butler back. I I, I don't think we've seen the game we're going to see in game three yet. I just think this has sort of been yeah. early round, rounds of a boxing yeah. match that, that I think the Knicks are going to be better. I think the Heat are going to be better. I think we're going to see more intensity. I, I think, look, I hope this series goes seven games and not just because I get to go to Miami a couple times. <laughs> but I, 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 think, I, think, I just think this is going to get – the play is going to get better. You know, think about this one thing. 
we haven't mentioned Bam Adebayo. Right. How, how good he is, and he's had yeah. a very little effect in those first two games. You yeah. feel like at one point you're going to see a big game from him. Right, right. And Steve, I would say this too. I think out of all the media members covering the series, you probably benefit most from these three days off. You know, your <laughs> elder statesman of the beat, your leads will come back sharper on Saturday. Your questions will be a little more concise. I think you're going to do well with these three days off. So rest up. It, it was nice of you to use venerable in the start instead of old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, CP, do you yeah. fear Spolstra and, and like why in this series? Yeah, you got to fear the guy with the rings, man, uh, because Spolster has proven it. One of the best NBA coaches of all time and a guy that seems to be able to adjust on the fly, not just game to game, but making those in-game adjustments. Will he go with a zone? Will he go with a man to man? Will he go with a matchup zone? Uh, offensively yesterday, they didn't have a Jimmy Butler. So he played his three-point shooters with Bam Adebayo and they just let it fly from downtown. And so Spolster always seems to, he doesn't commit to a, certain, a particular style, a particular system, but rather he he adjusts it based on the personnel that he has. And so it's not to say that Tibbs doesn't make his adjustments because he certainly does. But as Steve said, Tibbs has a way to kind of stick to what he feels like got him to the dance and, you know, win or lose, he, he's, he's going to kind of lean on that. Case in point, last night with the Knicks in the drop coverage against that Heat three-point shooting offense, it didn't bode too well for them. And so they're going to have to make their adjustments. They're going to have to close those guys off of the three-point line, maybe consider switching on the pick and roll a bit more often. It seemed like they were out of sync and, and miscommunicating in terms of their uh, defense last night, their team defense last night. And so those are the type of adjustments that the Knicks are going to need to make. We're going to wrap here, fellas. I need a prediction, CP, from you. Games three and four down in Miami, how are they going to go? I think they split it again. This is this is going seven. It's going to be a dog fight, classic Knicks Heat battle. I think the Knicks will win three and uh, lose a tough one in four. Steve, what about you? Uh, you know, I picked the Knicks in six uh, at the start of the series, so I'll stick with that. But I, I, I do think it's going to be a split here. Uh, you get back home, you hopefully win game five and can finish it off. Uh, I, I think these two teams are just mirror image in that they're, uh, you know, whatever you want to say about what, what skills, what players they have, uh, the way they play, the intensity, the, the dog fight that it is. You know, the, these are two teams that I don't think no other team would want to face. And when you see them together, it's just ugly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great, like, matchup stylistically. I love it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, split in South Beach. And I, I think it goes seven. I hope it goes seven. Uh, but we'll see how things unfold starting Saturday afternoon. Game three down in South Beach. That'll do it for us, but we'll be back at some point later on this series, probably after these two games in Miami, to break the series down and to break down what's coming up next for the next here on the putback. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.